welcome to the ninth episode on machine learning for beginners uh, we have with us today uh, barkha who is a software development engineer at linkedin and i also know her personally because uh, we shared a common uh, undergrad college back in india and she has a tremendous amount of experience back when she was an intern at intuit and also she served as a deputy convener as uh, in one of the student placement committees so she has a lot of background of understanding how the placement uh, process looks like in india versus how she landed jobs and internships in us pretty well so she knows both on both the ends of how to get an internships and what are the commonly faced challenges uh, in india or in us and especially for indian students in us so um, uh, welcome barkha for on in this uh, episode uh-huh. and uh, thanks for spending out uh, an hour on weekend i know it can be pretty <laughs> <No>. tough <laughs> yeah i'm very happy to be here yeah, yeah. So uh can you tell us something about your background in uh computer science and what really intrigued you about pursuing this from your undergrad to searching for a master's degree over here and how you learned your uh key skills being uh internet into it and how you find it finally landed up a job at linkedin Okay um one I want to say thank you for having me uh I've actually kind of been following this because I know some of the people that you had on so it's actually been really interesting to see kind of how diverse and like how the how everyone has kind of grown apart <laughs> like everyone's like out of gandhinagar now yeah um but yeah so a little about about me uh, i did my undergrad at dhirubhai mani um where i got my bachelor's in ict which is information and communication technology it's not pure computer science um like we've all done it yeah. um but uh This actually com- completely reminds me of my like the, the statement of purpose that I wrote for my master's program. <laughs> um, but I think I've I've always been interested in computers, uh, specifically I think ever since I can remember because so my dad is a is a hardware guy is how I put it. Uh he um he actually works for Sophos, which is a cyber home. So all the capital photos that we use and like we weren't able to access social networks that was my dad um but i think from like a very young age my dad and i like we used to fiddle around with computers quite a bit so we would like put them all apart like open it up completely to see what individual parts were doing and like put it all back together and like i remember having yahoo mail and hotmail and like it's just i think specifically for kids of the 90s we've seen a lot of things and we've seen a very rapid change in technology and just development like we went from dial up connection probably to like unlimited wireless right everywhere so and and like there have been just numerous companies that have like risen and just fallen like orkut and myspace and you know the whole facebook generation so i i think just seeing the sheer amount of development that was happening around computers from a very young age is kind of what pushed me to kind of make a career in the f- field um so yeah i was actually kind of always pretty sure that i wanted to do something in computers i wasn't very sure what i wanted to do um and i'm still trying to figure out <laughs> exactly what i want to do yeah uh, i don't think we'll ever stop <laughs> learning or stopping perpetually confused about what we want to do Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's just a little about me. Uh I eventually chose to get my masters as well. I was also very sure about getting a masters for my undergrad itself. Um so I had always focused 
one on a little of my grades and like forming proper connections to get recommendations and stuff um but also i always focused on getting internships specifically because i was always an industry oriented person is how i put it i always wanted to work in the industry never really thought a lot about research until maybe after coming here um yeah so i think i'd been interning in different companies from my first year of college so i've i have quite a vast portfolio of companies and i also wasn't very specific on the kind of company i wanted to apply to which i think is a little important as well initially when you're starting off because if you know what you want to do that's great right there's nothing better but in your first year of college it's really hard to figure out like okay this is exactly what i want to do for the rest of my life right yes. so um i actually went to a lot of random companies and was like this is not what i'm going to do <laughs> even that is important right yeah. um so yeah i think yeah i've i've had to i've had internships from pretty much my first year of college and then my entire masters also i was working um firstly for a startup for almost a period of 9 months where it was only me the ceo and one other designer um and i was the only engineer and the ceo had actually build the mvp already but we were doing a lot of bug fixes and stuff so i was the engineer on that project for about 9 9 months um and then after that i had into it over the summer which i then extended to my last semester of masters as well because again the project that i was working on there i was me and my manager were the only people working on the project <laughs> and the only engineer So I I I told them I'm like oh I have bandwidth during my semester I can work part time for you guys if that works for you because the project hadn't completed by then so I'm like I can help get the code into production and then like I can leave or whatever something like that so my manager was really happy because he wouldn't have to train another engineer to do it <laughs> um but yeah and then like uh during my undergrad I've done a lot of things besides studying also I feel like yeah uh, it's been yeah. it's this like you are supposed to do yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, <laughs> studying was an afterthought i believe i messed up really badly in my first semester like so i so in my introduction to programming which was c i think i got like a 4 out of 10 wow. and i remember i had to answer questions on why i got a 4 in during my masters applications because they're like you want to pursue computer science but why do you have this bad grade so kind of yeah that was a little bit of a mess up but um i was also a part of uh the student placement cell where i was deputy convener so me and a group of almost 30 other students we helped another maybe 600 to 500 students find jobs or assisted them to the best of our ability is how i'd like to put it um but yeah it's it's been quite a ride <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely yeah. so so like uh, like as you mentioned like you have uh, experience of uh, helping people uh, getting jobs back in india so uh, just to explain what what exactly it means like she was a part of a student placement committee where she she was one of the coordinators who would help uh, companies visit uh, campus and they would be help like they would be interviewing students on a mass scale where they would be doing a mass recruitment so based on that how how do you differentiate between how the application work application process looks like in india versus how the application process works like in usa and this would be all in a perspective of a cs student applicant right. okay so um 
There are a couple things. There's a lot of differences actually. Um, but one, I feel like when you're on, when you're doing campus recruitment, it's very different because you're competing with maybe another 300 students around you. Whereas when you're applying off campus, generally what we do here in the states is we apply off campus. I feel like um, career fairs only get you so far. So uh, I think the 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 recruitment process is very different in general because in when we're in college in bachelors we expect to kind of get a job through the university very few of us think about like applying off campus or if we apply off campus it's to like the bigger companies that maybe don't come to campus right um also i in india i feel like um the hiring process is very straightforward in the sense where it's uh pretty much only coding rounds i think yeah. you do have behaviorals towards the end but i feel like if you're a really good programmer they might they probably don't cut you out because you don't have social skills um and and the biggest difference is this so when you're when you're getting recruited in the usa um your uh, your interviewer is also looking at how you would be as a coworker so for example if you and him were him or her are on the same team right would they enjoy working with you right do you think do do they think that you would be a good collaboration or like would you be involved on the team would you be actually able to give ideas to the team right communicating so, with them yeah exactly so your skills will only get you so far but how do you work with other people and they genuinely like you will have questions like this like your interviewer will be asked would this would you want this person to be on the same team as you so the minute that they make it very personal is the minute that you take a step back so if i'm asked whether this if i'm asked whether a friend of mine who i know is a good programmer maybe not a good collaborator right if i'm asked okay this person's going to be on your team do you mind i might be like i actually do mind <laughs> whereas in india i feel like we're not there yet um and 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 i think in both places it's equivalently competitive so i don't think that's very different um both countries have brilliant programmers and brilliant minds um so i think maybe on the programming side it's actually kind of similar yes. you do always think that you would be asked very difficult questions as well during your interviews but you're actually not you're asked very fundamental problems because they know like okay inverting a binary tree is not going to get you anywhere in the industry right like you're asked that once in your life for your interviews and then you never use that knowledge anywhere <laughs> Right. So um I think I think the fundamental difference is how they view you as an as an interviewee. Uh I think that is quite different. Also here the process itself is a little different as well where uh you're in contact more with your recruiter. Um you can ask to push deadlines, you can ask to like get offers more quicker or you can you can demand things a little whereas we definitely can't do that in India. um here as well i think when you're given an offer you always negotiate because generally in my opinion they do lowball you a little so because they expect you to negotiate on right <laughs> whereas in india we definitely never <laughs> negotiate yeah. in right in in the first the first job of your life you probably don't negotiate especially if you've gotten it on campus there's no room for negotiation um 
and and then i feel like there's a big difference in the kind of candidates that you have as well in india versus here um because we focus so much in india on just programming i feel like we're not well rounded individuals most of the time um whereas here i feel like people are more well rounded right they're doing something that they're passionate about um they also have like a very good approach to problem solving and um are fun people to be around which is also important i know that a lot of companies in the states specifically do look at culture fit um which is pretty good yeah i think there are quite a lot of differences um yeah the 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 initial funnel is what is always hard like how do you get known by a company to even get the first call like okay this is your hacker rank test but how do i get there i think that in india might be easier if it's through campus recruitment because you don't have to worry about that right like you're always going to go give the test regardless if you qualify for whatever the minimum pointer and all that is whereas here you have to fight for even that so yeah i think that's a little different yeah i guess in us it's the soft skills is an additional factor that they account yeah. for uh, apart from that being in india the campus recruitment takes can like handles that thing very well so it's just the technical perspective they are evaluating for yeah, and, I, and i feel like maybe here even if your technical skills aren't like all, like you're not always providing the optimal code for example but your soft skills are good and your brain is working in the right direction you'll probably get hired yeah whereas in india you probably always have to be at optimal code <laughs> yeah well um, i actually never went through the campus placement cycle even though i was helping lead it um and i i did that on a moral ground as well because i didn't like because i knew i wasn't going to take the job so <laughs> i don't want to take someone else's opportunity so i applied off campus in india as well everywhere um and i was really lucky because the startups that i applied to they did not have these tests and stuff they used to give me projects to build and send back to them which is the more the better approach in my opinion because uh, i work specifically i was i was working as a front end developer so for me like n- knowing how a linked list works is not important whatsoever yeah. um so like i had to actually build probably angular projects or react projects and send them back um it was was given like a problem description was given a certain amount of time period and then then they'd look at like how clean my code was how optimal it was compiling they'd look at page load times and stuff like that which is more important in my opinion So I I was actually lucky in India as well that I didn't have to go through the whole geeks for geeks like <laughs> studying and that course, yeah. <laughs> yeah right right so uh, so jumping on to our next question so uh, I always get asked this question a lot do locations and the name brands of universities in US play a major role which is one thing i'm still able to, not able to figure out because i don't yeah. know if the current state of not getting an internship is uh cause of me being in mm-hmm. arizona or is it just me not interested in getting an industrial yeah. internship so do locations like being in california or being in seattle really help you get an internship and which can ultimately convert you get uh, get you converted to a job or being on the east coast side is a cause of you selecting those places so what's your take on that and your experience on that okay so i'll approach it from two different perspectives one is location one is the name of the university because i think they're different So uh for locations whenever i am asked whether you know a person should go to an average university on the east coast versus average university on the west coast i always say the west coast 
and and the reason that i believe location matters to a certain extent is because if you're in an average university where maybe the university is not that well known or something um if you're in a city if you're in the bay area if you're in seattle a lot of companies hold open houses and like open mic nights and networking events and conferences and stuff and this happens on a regular basis so if you're in those cities then you have to start networking and i believe in master specifically networking definitely helps you land a job it's a lot even referrals will be will get your name through the door or rather than the like applying through the whole mass funnel so if you're in certain cities where like meetups tend to happen quite a bit um you should actively take advantage of that because if nothing you'll meet a lot of new people and people are like working on the craziest of projects like that you couldn't even imagine right so you you'll hear a lot about new tech you'll hear a lot about new ideas and then then you could say oh you know what i was actually working on a project that was quite similar to this right and then and then you pitch what you're working on so it's a process networking but um it genuinely does help uh in my opinion um because i did i definitely did go to a couple of conferences in the bay area i went to some in la um and at least you get to know certain people like i met people who were working on fortran which i didn't even know that people work on still no i when i didn't so uh but like a lot of apparently american government projects are still being done in fortran because the cost of actually updating the entire system is too high oh, okay so and, and this is just like random knowledge that you probably don't have and that you you gain when you meet people yeah. and it does seem a little daunting because we are not used to this we're not used to just like going to a place where we don't know anyone and like having to mingle forcefully yeah but that is another skill that you acquire which is very very important even internally when working in a company because you have to collaborate with people across different teams and if you if i just ping someone on a team and i don't have any personal connection with them there's a high probability that like it'll take a lot longer to get the job done whereas if i know the person i can be like oh let's meet over lunch and let's actually get this done or something like that right yeah. forming a personal connection is obviously is always going to get things done faster. So I I do believe that location matters if you're an average universities. Um but then again if you're in a well-known university the only place where I believe it helps is the initial mass funnel is what I call it where all the applicants apply to the same pool, right? But they'll be like okay maybe certain university people if the recruiters are from that university, right? Or they're just generally known for a good computer science program right then they might then they'll definitely look at your profile yeah. right so obviously good universities will help but they'll only help you in that initial stage of getting your resume into a recruiter after that it's completely on you as an individual yeah. so if you're again i i keep emphasizing on the fact that networking is very important even just reaching out to random people on linkedin people are very nice they generally do reply so if you're confused about like a company or if you have certain questions about it or just want to know what the recruitment process looks like just reach out to someone that has recently joined the company in 2 3 months and people generally help out like i got asked a lot of questions on what does the inter- what was the internship experience like at intuit right yeah. so i kind of created a message that i copy pasted <laughs> <laughs> yeah even i do that yeah yeah so So people are very nice just make sure that your questions are specific and don't ask the general ones like like what's the pay like or what are the benefits like right ask more about the work itself 
um, conversion rates are also a valid question to ask. Uh, but yeah, so I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say it's the end of the world if you're not in a good university. Yep. It just makes the initial step a little, a little harder. So that's why reaching out to people, whether it's seniors from your undergrad college, seniors from your master's college, just random people on the internet, people will refer you. And referrals really help. So, and uh, like one of the parameters that I actually missed on loca- like in addition to locations and universities, one thing that recruiters always tend to reject or maybe accept certain offers is based on work experience. How much do you think work experience actually plays a role while getting a job or an internship? Is it real or is it like something you can cover up on your profile or um, are there chances of people being preferred over someone else who, did, who do not have a work experience? Like, I guess you, you didn't have a, a official more than yeah. one year experience yeah. from after your bachelor's. You were a fr- fresh graduate when you joined yeah, yeah. over here. So did you face any kind of such uh, circumstances over here or did you see anyone else getting over out of it? Right. So there are a couple of things here as well. One is if you have a strong profile, that will always cover work experience. So if you have very good projects in the field that you want to work in, uh, if you have just a very general good background, you're always going to be fine, um, in my opinion. Uh, work experience also does help a lot uh, to get in through the door initially because, for example, if you're working in a competitor company, right, then they know that you already know the domain and you've already worked there for a while. So it's easy for you to pick up skills and transfer knowledge. So, for example, if you're, if you're working in like one of the big four financial companies or if you were working in a bank and you're, you're applying to another bank, right, they already know that you have the necessary knowledge. Right, and then you already have worked in the industry for a while, so you, so then like you're, you can they can talk to colleagues of yours, right, to get referrals or things like that. So work experience definitely does help. Was it a problem anywhere for me? I would say no. Okay. Uh, I because if you're applying after masters, generally you apply for new grad roles which don't require work experience. I've had friends who have like two, three years of work experience and they're also in new grad roles right now. The only place where I think it'll differ a little is uh, when you're negotiating your salary, you can ask for more. Um, and also most companies, I think uh, they they would take you on as a software engineer level one. And then uh, if you're a new grad with maybe no work experience, you may get promoted in two, three years, depending on whatever their timelines are. But if you already have two, three years of two, three years of experience, they might promote you in an earlier cycle. Oh. So I think that is the difference. Um, if you're applying for new grad roles, there isn't really like a mandate for work experience. I was told at certain companies, however, that I didn't have enough work experience, which didn't make sense to me because it was for new grad roles that don't require work experience. So then I think it's just a cop out on the company's behalf. Um, I don't think it's the end of the world if you don't have work experience. Just do projects in the field that you want to work in and just show that you're dedicated and like you can stick to one project for a while. Um, and then network. That is what will definitely help. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, talking about networking, what would uh, what were the channels that you used for applying to universities? I know, for example, like I can call you an ambassador of LinkedIn as of now. So, yeah, yeah. LinkedIn is something like uh, it's a great potential tool for yeah. getting connected to jobs. What other yeah. what other places did you use? Uh, one, one on the top of my head is Glassdoor. What, are there any other options one should always keep in mind 
for example meeting new places like you mentioned there are a lot of events going on yeah. where you can just barge in and get someone's attention and yeah. get into touch with them or right. what what is something that you found out new on your own over here and found out very useful to you so i think uh, there's i think it's called meetups.com that just hosts a lot of different meetups that happen uh they could be and there are like various meetups it could be anything from like pottery and art to um like learning python from like beginner python or you know beginner r to uh events at specific companies and then if you take any company they always have some conference so take github take microsoft take google take linkedin for example right and uh if you go to the websites i'm pretty sure if you just search for like google conferences you'll find google io and things like that so you just have to be aware of what the dates are so just put them all in your calendar and set a reminder 6 months before depending on when tickets go out Right. Um, so that is important also if you're a student you do get discounts for all of this stuff and those discounts actually uh run out pretty quick because they only have a certain limited seating for students right um a lot of universities also reimburse the these amounts reach out to seniors if you want a place to crash for a couple of days for these conferences right don't feel shy about doing that um <laughs> I I'm think coming, I'm coming to LA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to LA anymore. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. Um so that was one thing I did and then I think I think so for me the career fair at USC is also pretty big. I didn't get a job from it, but uh at least what I ended up with was like a collated list of maybe 200 300 companies that I could that I remember to apply to. Right? Because otherwise if you have to think of companies off the top of your head, right? You will only come up with maybe a finite list of 50 to 60 companies right um so career fairs are pretty useful because you can go through the entire list and say okay these are the companies that I actually want to apply to or that I'm interested in um each university also holds uh like at USC we had something called trojan talks which is where companies would come um and it was like a, the initial presentation that you have of a company and they pitch to you what the company does um so if you go to those events on your, in on campus as well those are super important because you can talk one on one with engineers plus because i feel like there are a lot more common here lesser people go so you get more face time with the engineer or the recruiter so if you talk to them about the projects that you're doing again you might end up with at least like an internship or at least like he'll be like okay here's my card reach out to me we'll see if we have anything for you right um also i think it's always nice to just just reach out to people and like let them know that it was great talking to you you know um i enjoyed our conversation and looking forward to meeting you in the future just like little things like emails and stuff also do go a long way um so i think that was another helpful thing um trying to think of what else was helpful no i think just this just generally applying to conferences going to meetups uh, career talks to a certain extent are also useful so yeah and apart from those uh, personal networking experiences following the conventional common way of applying mm-hmm. to universities what what could be an uh, uh, estimated timeline of for example the one thing that i knew that applying for summer internships or let's say starting in may jobs yeah. uh, you need to start applying in let's say november or december to be ahead of your schedule or at least getting a priority o- over other students i would actually say november december is also late wow <laughs> Yeah. So so if you're looking uh so and and I've actually talked to quite a lot of people on this um in my opinion it's if you're looking for a summer intern for say next year the best time to apply is actually probably July and August. Wow. 
the earlier the better the reason being um the reason being th- there's a couple reasons actually so if you start initially actually the process might go on a little longer as well so you have more time in between companies um also if you start maybe august or august by november you have a job so you can chill your next semester yeah. um and and what happens initially is uh, so the way that these headcounts go is even though you pass the interviews for example if they don't have a team to assign you to you will get a reject right so the earlier you apply that that the chance of that happening is much lower because there are teams available that are looking for people so for example when i when when i got into it for example i started applying in august and september and i had the offer by the first week of november oh. and uh, even when i was applying for full time i started applying september october and i had the offer the first week of november wow so and 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 i was actually told this by the recruiter where so uh, what most interview processes look like is you have all the rounds that you have for example then all the reviews of you are kind of culminated and they go to a hiring committee depending on the company that hiring committee kind of looks at okay what everyone said about you and what your scores look like then they decide whether to move forward with your packet or not um if they decide to move forward then they then they go for team matching where they look at your profile and then uh, certain managers look at your profile and say okay you know what i can take this person on my team because i feel like their skills will be useful here right. so so if if you don't even if you clear the process but you don't get assigned a team you will get a reject so the earlier you apply the chance of that happening is much lower so i was told this i'm like you're she had actually told me she's like you're still applying early so i'm pretty sure you'll get a team so it should be fine oh okay and yeah. and in and in, in general how is the decision timeline looking like for example i have al- always seen people also getting job offers or at least starting their calls for interviews back in march or april even if it's let's for let's say for internships or jobs yeah. is it an uh, is it an uh, expected deadline to get your job offers by april or march ending even in the case no so i think that it depends on you and it also depends on the company so if uh, I pushed for all my offers and their deadlines. So I specifically told them very in the beginning saying like I only have 2 weeks, I only have 3 weeks. What can be done? Is there anything I can do to assist to make the process faster? Right? Mm-hmm. You have to constantly not barrage them with emails and spam them with emails, but um just send like every other day a reminder saying has my packet has like is the process set up or date set up? um if you already had the interviews like what is it looking like be, and and just tell them honestly don't we do this in india where we hide our other offers from companies but i wouldn't recommend doing that here just tell them that like okay i've gotten into some xyz company and their deadline is you know some date and uh, i i really want to join this company the one that you interviewed at but uh, which is why I'm, i want an offer before this date an acceptance or a rejection either way wow. um So definitely you can you can push your timelines here a lot more than you can in India. Um okay. Yeah, so uh for my um, my intern offer the timeline was insane. I think I went uh <laughs> India was the first company I applied for. Forgot that I interviewed there because I didn't hear back for 2 months and then got the offer. So it's very <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so 
I think intern you have less control, but full time I think uh, LinkedIn I applied maybe end of September, first week of October I interviewed, and then first week of November I got the offer. Okay. So generally, if you do an onsite, you can give them two weeks to get the offer. Is the timeline that I'd look at, and uh, if you've had your last round, I think two weeks is a good time. After two weeks, if you're not hearing back from them, I would suggest either calling or just emailing a lot. Yeah, just ping them for an update or something. Yeah, just ask them for an update, saying like, "Hey, not to bother you or anything, but uh, it's been about two weeks, and I just wanted to know if, like, if there been any progress on uh, my like packet or whatever." Yeah. So, and and just be very frank about it. You don't have to hide anything, right? Uh, so just just be very open about it. I think that's very nice. Also, be very nice to recruiters. <laughs> yeah, yes. Be very very nice to them. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something very important for us as engineers to learn that. Yeah. The yeah, like you have to be much more softer than the soft softer be, skills you can possess. Be polite. <laughs> say thank you a lot. Uh, <laughs> like, don't don't like throw a tantrum. That kind of thing. Because I remember my recruiter at LinkedIn is. Was the most nicest person I probably ever like talked to on the phone, but I remember I was I was very stressed about the offer because I had a couple other deadlines and I really wanted their offer, so I I didn't want to decline the other ones because then it's a risk, yeah. And I wasn't willing to do that, but um, I genuinely wanted the offer. So she would call me every day with updates saying like, like don't worry about it. Your scores are looking good. We feel like. It's gone to the hiring committee today. I'll hear back at the end of the day. I'll call you. So, just just be very nice to them and uh, just watch your language and your tone in your emails. I think that's important. Yep, yep, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And just uh, just one of the last questions. Like, I know this this might be very very naive question, but what would be some tips from your side regarding building up your resume or tips uh, CV? Or any say SOP for a company. Uh, what did you something found that at least I, I won't say there are a lot of do's that are possible okay. out there. But what are the don'ts that you find found out later on while applying to various places that you would suggest that at least it would be a safe don't to be suggesting to someone who is preparing yeah. for an interview or application. So um, you don't actually have to write the whole statement of purpose for the companies. Like uh, why do you want to work there and all. If it's optional, don't write it because I don't think people are reading it. So don't waste your time behind that. And uh, that was actually something that I read in a couple of places, and then I started kind of abiding by it. Um, I think then for resume specifically, stick to one page. People don't want to read more than that. Um, if you have projects and like. Work that you've done, papers that you've published, put that on top. Your school isn't as important as that, because that's the first thing that they're gonna read. So, work experience, projects, school, and like publications or something. Maybe if you have, put that more on top. But um, stick to one page as much as possible. Projects also. I don't think that you should have more than three. No. Three max four. If you do, if you have less work experience, then you can uh, obviously add more projects. But um, stick to projects that you think are very important and translate well to the company that you're applying to. Um, maybe one or two lines at max, uh, and about the project that you're doing. Make sure that even HRs can understand it because a lot of times 
it's um non-technical folks that initially screen it as well yeah but also uh make sure that you have somewhere enough like technical jargons as well because sometimes you read a sentence and be like oh this sounds very smart but it may be just utter crap in our opinion um, i also had this section at the very end uh, called skills where i directly wrote okay i'm like these are the languages i can do these are the front end frameworks that i can work on these are the different oss that i can work on so that would have all the technical keywords that different algorithms look for in your resume itself so i put that at the very bottom um work experience as well i feel like putting bullet points for everything over sentences also helps because it's more specific and also remember that if someone wanted to walk through your resume in half an hour it should be possible so it shouldn't be like flooded with information right it's not your life story but it's like the highlights of your life right right um so keep it short sweet uh clear don't throw everything all the information of your project on it because then what will you talk about right it's all there already yeah. so keep enough like it has to be intriguing but not the entire story so you have to play your resume so it should kind of look like a teaser for your profile exactly a teaser <laughs> for your for the highlights of your life um, yeah and i and and the skills section i think helps as well because uh like the initial resume screening algorithms if they're looking for certain keywords they'll always be there um so look at exactly what the company wants and what kind of projects they've been working on um so that you can if you've done projects in a similar area it'll help um and i think reading about the company recent all i think most tech companies have engineering blogs so you'll know the kind of work that they're doing if they have open source projects just look through them once at least um so that in your behavioral rounds you have something to talk about um i think also being asked about like okay so each company will have some values and some set of goals or whatever so uh, it's a very common hr question to be asked like okay these are the set of values that we have describe one moment in your life where you've reflect these like values or whatever right and honestly if you haven't don't feel terrible to like go over the top with one of the experiences that you had don't feel bad about it right like it, it may have been like a two minute thing for you in your life but like make it sound like it was uh, something you know, big like it was something big yeah so don't feel bad about over embellishing things also um the way that i think i ended up with my offers and internships was uh, through grace hopper um yeah so i ended up getting pretty much all my offers from there okay. i didn't go to the conference but uh, they have this resume database that you can just put your resume in and then you get calls from recruiters and uh, oh, okay. like you're on the you're on the recruiter mailing list for example okay. so it it's a better it's a smaller funnel than the overall one yeah um and i think anyone can put their resume in so is it can check. is it specific to women or something no it's not it's it's actually a misconception it's it's catered more towards women in tech to give them the opportunities as well to give us the opportunities as well uh, but um it's not anti men so okay. anyone that encourages women in tech or believes in the cause can go oh okay okay uh, but there's generally a lot of hiring that goes on uh, at grace hopper so um if you're a female or a male or anyone and you aren't able to find an offer maybe going to the conference is a good idea 
because the conference is specifically for like not not specifically for only getting hired but that's what a lot of people go there to do and i'm pretty sure that there are other conferences like this as well that uh, focus on have more career fairs and stuff uh so definitely keep a lookout on the dates because sometimes the dates keep differing um yeah. Yeah and I think also for just getting internships the earlier you start the better. Uh and uh, there's actually uh, I forgot to mention this but there's a lot of GitHub repos as well where people kind of contribute to um just uh, intern links so like these are the places where you can apply for an intern. I remember I came across one GitHub repo that had that had it sorted on the basis of the time that it takes to apply for the internship. So like there were ones that was like okay, more than 5 minutes and then 2 to 4 minutes and then like less than 2 minutes that kind of way. because uh, i think applications to certain companies they just require to fill name email and like resume that's it so uh, keep a lookout for github repos as well a lot of people post really interesting links uh, on that um if you're prepping for interviews again i did a, a github repo that had a, like a list of questions and the companies it was asked at oh. and i do that um, i didn't going through entire lead code or entire geeks for geeks is impossible so if you're applying to like google stick to questions that are commonly asked there um if you're uh, if you've gotten an offer and you don't know whether your offer is low or not uh or like whether it's high enough for the experience that you have the place that you're living at um there's the calculator yeah. uh there's salary watchdog as well i think there's pay scale as well i'm not so sure about that one but uh definitely do your research and make sure that you're getting the best offer possible yeah. um also if you've uh, if the recruiter has generally i think what they do is they'll call you they'll tell you the offer saying okay we're offering xyz with you know x amount of stocks or whatever um and if you want to negotiate tell them immediately after the call before you get the actual docu sign of the offer because once they've actually mailed the offer out to you it's much harder for them to go back and update the yeah. term yeah. right so do that before the actual offer comes out that was something that i didn't know uh, but someone told me yeah um and uh, don't feel embarrassed to negotiate your offer uh like just go back and tell them like uh, upon researching what other competitive uh companies in the area are providing i believe that i should be offered you no know, 15k more or whatever and if you believe that you should be getting 5k more off ask for 10 ask for 20 like <laughs> what case in they will not reject your offer like your offer won't go away yeah you will end up saying like I'm sorry but this is the max that this is the best that we can do for you. So don't feel bad about negotiating. <laughs> yeah. Push as much as you possibly can. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Um yeah that's that's pretty much it that I had and uh, I would just ask like do you have any um words of advice in general for searching for any and any grad student who is applying for i would not say words of advice i would say let's say words of inspiration for anyone who is applying for jobs and internships <laughs> over here as a grad student so um any kind of words yeah i think i'd say don't stress out too much it seems like the end of the world it seems super competitive right uh, but you will find something there's something available for everyone um it might 
even if it doesn't end up to be in the domain that you want, you can always work internally in a company towards the domain that you want. Yeah. So don't stress. It's not the end of the world. And it's honestly not that hard. Just uh, talk to a lot of people. Reach out to the most random people on LinkedIn. They don't know you, so they don't really like. Even if you send them something really bad, it's just going to be an afterthought in their head, and it doesn't matter. So don't be embarrassed about what you're doing. Um, you need to do what you need to do. So don't feel bad about it. And ask referrals go a long, long way. So if you have friends in India that are in good companies, they can refer you to companies here. Oh. So yeah, just ask them for referrals. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So use your friends. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And yeah, and that's, that's the moral of the story. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sure. Yeah, that's that's all from my side, and I hope yeah. like we had some really great insights. I mean, unlike the other videos where I focus more on the machine learning jobs, this is much yeah. more specific to in general how to yeah. apply for internships and how to apply for jobs. Yeah. And like you have a good profile of working within. the whole yeah. application the in between of transition of any grad student from yeah. studies I've, to i've interviewed in a lot of places to end up at where i am so for every success story that you see there's a lot of hard work behind it yeah. there's like for every five five interviews that you give there's maybe 200 rejected ones so wow. don't don't feel bad about it and uh, once you have an offer just sure. <laughs> yeah definitely definitely it's yeah. like a, you did you yeah. deserve a treat yes yeah. yes definitely okay yeah. um thanks thanks for spending a yeah. weekend with us for this and uh i hope the viewers get some great insights from this and they would be able to connect with you i'll i'll link down yeah. your, your linkedin profile Perfect, yeah. in the description uh, below yeah i'm um, promoting them everywhere now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah at least yeah. now you can say a note to like kind of anyone connecting you on linkedin <laughs> yeah 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 so, feel free to reach out like if you have any certain questions or anything yeah i'm happy to definitely have my limited knowledge <laughs> sure sure yeah. definitely okay um yeah. thanks for having us again yeah thank you have a great weekend yeah you too have a great day